Hello, and welcome to the Space Coast Pet Podcast, the podcast for pets and the people who love them. Now, here's your host, veterinarian Dr. Roger Welton. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to the Space Coast Pet Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian, aka Dr. Roger, coming to you from the Florida Space Coast. Boy, it's the not-so-sunny Florida Space Coast as of late. Went away on a ski vacation, got my ski fix in in Aspen, Colorado. Had a great time, endured the cold because it's worth it and the mountains are beautiful, but I am a warm weather person. My bones are warm, my blood is warm. I was looking forward to coming back to sunny Florida after my vacation and I came back to a dismally cold and wet, I think, pretty much the last like 10 days or so. Um, This is the first sunny day we've had since my return on January 7th. It's still chilly today by our standards anyway, 55 degrees, but the at least the sun is out and it's nice and bright out. I swear, since, I've, since January 7th I've returned, it's been cold, even colder than this, and miserable, and I felt like I died and woke up in Seattle. <laughs> so, no offense to Seattle, but just not my type of weather. So anyway, I'm in a great mood today because of the sunshine. I'm also in a great mood because uh, my clinic that uh, I just started up last year, January 17th, 2023, is when we opened our doors. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary this past Wednesday. Our medical team has grown by two additional support staff members, and we just added a second doctor uh, this past week. She started this past Monday. She is wonderful. Uh, She is uh, six years out of school, so she's young and passionate, but pretty seasoned and Uh, very well educated from uh, Lincoln Memorial University in Tennessee and uh, just delighted to have her. So to all of my um, local listeners that are clients of mine, I know there's many of you, please uh, embrace Dr. Kelly Nelson. She's she's wonderful. She's uh, full of energy and and just just, we're off to a great start. So a lot of great things happening. Um, Today we're going to be discussing teeth. Please don't uh, turn the channel just because I mentioned teeth. It's, it's not a boring topic and I need your help, ladies and gentlemen. I need your help because one of the biggest pushbacks I get, aside from the lepto vaccine, because the breeder tells people to not let their vet vaccinate their puppy for leptospirosis. Aside from that, sorry, I do harp on that a lot, don't I? But it's just so irritating. Um, but aside from that, teeth are probably my second biggest pushback when it comes to Uh, getting owners to buy in and and really putting an importance on it. Um, I just find it very interesting that, you know, most people put put a pretty high premium on the health of their own teeth and that of their children, yet when it comes to their pets, not not so much. Um, I'll give you an interesting quick anecdote. While I was away, it was before the new doctor started, uh, I had the clinic covered by a wonderful colleague of mine, Dr. Jessica Milligan, who recommends she had diagnosed stage three out of four periodontal disease on this little mixed terrier, about 11 years old, and the owner seemed to buy in on that day. She actually even approved pre-anesthetic blood work to go out, and um, I returned from my trip, and Mrs. So-and-so was on in, in my inbox that she had she had scheduled the dental, that, but then she canceled it, and she really just needs to talk to me. So I call her up. And I said, hey, what can I do for you? And she said, uh, well, you know, I really just want to understand, I, I did cancel my dental um, for 
Cocoa Puffs. Um, that's a cute name. I canceled the dental because I just don't really understand, like, why are we doing this? Like, what, what's, what's the necessity? And I said, okay, well, let's just turn this around, if I may. May I ask you a couple of questions? And she said, sure. I said, so do you get regular dental care? And she said, yes. I said, you get, like, those regular cleanings every six months? She said, yes, I do. So you get you get dental x-rays to check your roots she goes yep i get in you know just like everybody else she get, gets like the carnasials that are i think every year and then every five years they do full mouth um so that, that's how my dentist does it as well i guess that's kind of the protocol so anyway i just asked her so so what why do you, why do you do that and she said well i want to take care of my teeth so they don't rot and fall out and i don't need false teeth one day i said okay well that's all the same reasons we do it for dogs but but I will tell you that they're not vain and they don't care if they lose their teeth and in fact when we have to pull teeth or they lose teeth naturally or whatever they do quite fine they have 42 teeth in their mouth um you know missing a few won't won't bother them and they they they're, they're not going to feel uh, any um <laughs> any 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 vanity issues uh by lack of teeth they don't care about vanity but I will tell you this the process of those teeth rotting and falling out is very bad for the person that's going through that. It's very painful. Uh, same for the dogs. And um, essentially, when we don't keep up with the teeth, they can get painful dental lesions. They're swallowing bacteria because all that tartar is really just colonies of bacteria and, and infection that has formed calculus. It infects the gums. They're constantly swallowing that, causes immune suppression. As those roots are decaying, they're losing bone, and that's jawbone. They can decay so badly that the patient actually, on the lower jaw, can sustain pathological fractures. On the upper jaw, the teeth can, uh, the, the infection can rot the bone up into the nasal sinus, causing what's called an oronasal fistula, where the sinus in the oral cavity communicates. So these are all the things that can happen. So it's beyond vanity, it's a general health thing. and your dog will suffer silently, may already be suffering silently with three out of four dental disease because they're not going to outwardly say, ouch, my, you know, this hurts, I have a headache, my mouth hurts. They don't do that. And um, I, I explained to her that very commonly we will get somebody to finally buy into dentistry. We will find that they have all kinds of uh, lesions below the gum line and we extract these teeth, we get the infections out of there and suddenly with that at, at recheck the owner's like wow i had no idea my dog i thought he was just getting old but he's, he's got more pep he's happier he must have been in pain and i said yeah that's what they do they internalize it they suffer silently and that's why we always have to look and we have to keep up with these things she goes oh, okay well you really explained it very well to me can you get me the receptionist i want to i want to reschedule my dental so you know these are the conversations I'm having over and over again and um, just want to kind of get to the drawing board of, of the how and why we we engage in dentistry with dogs and cats. Um, so, so first off, I want to give you a, a quick little anecdote from my own life and my own dental issue I once had. When I was 11 years old, I ran into the back of my friend's head while playing hide-and-go-seek in the dark. Uh, made the base of my tooth bleed and ultimately I went to the dentist, the dentist x-rayed it, said, well, the, the root's intact, the tooth isn't cracked. Uh, definitely got pretty jarred there and, you know, as you get regular dental care throughout your life, you know, you'll get regular x-rays if you ever feel any pain. Certainly, we can do that sooner rather than later, but I think the tooth's going to be okay. Well, 
many years later, I'm about 41 or 42 years old, and um, I go to my dentist. I'm really big on dental care for myself, and you know she does her routine x-rays, and she says, hmm, you have a little, little halo of resorption going on here. So there's this little dark spot around the tip of the root of my uh, one of my the, the, the incisor that I got uh, damaged when I was a kid. She said, this is starting to just resorb. Are you feeling any pain? I said, no. And she said, well, um, you're, you're gonna feel pain at some point as this, as this continues. Um, it will compromise the bone there. And she explained to me, like I explained to my own uh, client, uh, once that bone is gone, it's not coming back and that's your hard palate and the roof of your mouth. You don't wanna mess around with that. I'd get a root canal ASAP. So naturally, I procrastinated <laughs> and one Saturday morning I woke up and it felt like someone was sticking a knife through the roof of my mouth up into my eye and it hurt so bad that uh, I grabbed that referral sheet popping ibuprofen like they're going out of style through the weekend to just get through it and by Monday morning I'm calling the endodontist begging to get me in for a root canal it hurt that bad. Well, folks, that's I, I'm also I'm almost glad I went through the experience, even though the root canal was two thousand bucks and I had a miserable weekend, <laughs> um, because I know how these patients feel, and I use that anecdote when I talk to my clients. Sometimes I'll get into these mouths are so bad because they've been so neglected for so long. These dogs have fourteen teeth, way worse with way worse resorption than that, you know. And then you know again they're internalizing their suffering. The, the, the impact on their health cannot be overstated. It, it's more than just bad breath. It's immune suppression. It's predisposition to oral cancer, esophageal cancer, GI cancer. It is so important. The same goes for our kitty cats. Let's talk about our kitty cats for a little bit. For you cat lovers out there, cats are unique. Uh, they, they, when they have periodontal disease, it could trigger a type of cell called an odontoclast. And the odontoclast is a degradative cell. It's basically targeting a tooth for destruction and they get what's called a feline odontoclastic resorptive lesion. The acronym for that is a foral lesion we call them and it looks like it's right at the gingival margin so right where the tooth meets the gum and it looks like somebody just took a little little piece out of there. There's like a little nick there but they are so painful and so sensitive even when they're under anesthesia and we're doing a dentistry I'll be probing these and the jaw is chattering because it's still hitting that nerve pathway. The patient's asleep and yet I'm still jarring this jaw because that lesion is so intensely sensitive. Um, so that's called, that, that's unique to cats. Foral lesions are extremely painful and those teeth require extraction. They're getting, they're getting destroyed but the destruction of that tooth can, um, can, can take a long time. And in the meantime, the patient's suffering in pain, and cats, they, they love to hide their pain. They're, they're, dogs and people are wimpy compared to cats. They just, they just hide their pain. Um, they're, 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 they're better at that. They're, they're extremely stoic animals. So uh, we, we have to be even more vigilant with them because they never complain about anything. So um, the foral lesions, they could take a long time before that tooth finally falls out. But in the meantime, a lot of damage has been done to that mouth, a lot of damage has been done to the body. So let's talk about the consequences of periodontal disease. This applies to dogs and cats, especially so for cats. We know the number one cause of death for cats is kidney failure. 
they, um, they're very tough on their kidneys as a species. They're descended for desert creatures and they don't drink much. They drink as much as they need and they don't give them, do themselves any favor with their kidney health. Um, and the, their kidneys start to conk out on them before the rest of their body does and that's why it's the most common cause of death. Well, a cat with periodontal, chronic periodontal disease that's not getting regular and consistent dental care for whatever reason, uh, those cats on average are going to uh, develop kidney failure 40% faster than the average population that does get regular dental care. We don't fully understand the mechanism, but we do know that the ultimate consequence of, one of the ultimate consequences of dental disease in cats is predisposing them and speeding up the rate at which they will develop kidney failure. The same applies to dogs. We don't see quite as much kidney failure in dogs because as a species, they're just not um, as prone to it as cats, but we do see kidney failure. And yes, you are beating up on your dog's kidneys as well by letting them live with chronic periodontal disease. Let's talk about cancer. So whenever there is a chronic itis in the body, whether it's gastritis, esophagitis, uh, you know, name your itis. <laughs> chronic inflammation over time leads to mutation of, of cells which can predispose to cancers and tissues. So you have chronic, let's say you have GERD, for example. You chronically regurgitate stomach acid up into the esophagus, you suffer from esophagitis. Those people are highly susceptible to um, esophageal cancer. Uh, you look at a person who has, let's say, ulcerative colitis, so chronic colitis. They're predisposed to colon cancer. Well, cancer in, I'm sorry, itis, uh, gingivitis in the mouth um, is going to predispose to tonsillar cancer, all kinds of oral cancers, but also swallowing all those toxins constantly that are emanating from the bacterial colonies in these mouths. Um, that are you know, stage two, three, or higher in uh, periodontal disease, those toxins affect what's down the pike. So esophageal cancer, gastric cancer, even um, enteral cancer, intestinal cancer. We're predisposing these animals to all those things by not addressing their rotting teeth. So first off, first thing I wanna say is don't let things get to the point that they are rotting. You don't do that with yourself, right? Uh, get that regular cleaning. We're at stage one. There's some tartar there. Your your dentist makes the right, or I'm sorry, your veterinarian makes the recommendation. Get it done before things are a hot mess. It's going to cost less. It's going to be less trauma to the patient, and it's going to be overall healthier for the patient. There, the, the the one of the bigger pushbacks I get. And the funny thing is, like when I grew up, when I was growing up, you know, I, I didn't, I had no idea getting your dog's teeth cleaned was a thing. I didn't, I, none of my dogs got their teeth cleaned and I don't actually, I honestly don't recall the veterinarians really recommending it, but you know, I didn't go to all the visits and maybe my parents kind of ignored it and you know, what? It, it just, you didn't think of dental care and, and your pets back then and I, I didn't know it was a thing until I was, I took my first veterinary job as an assistant when I was in college as I was preparing to accumulate hours so I could apply to veterinary school um, and, and one of my first days, they're doing a dental cleaning on a cat. I'm like, oh, <laughs> didn't know we we did this. You know, that's how, that, that's how, if, kind of, non, uh, mainstream it was at the time. That that was kind of very interesting to me. But then, you know, as, as time went on, and certainly as I, I got through vet school and, you know, dental dental health 
got a much much more attention uh, in the profession and we definitely started really paying attention to and making recommendations for dental cleanings but back to the topic real quick the, the probably the biggest pushback I get on the dentals is not necessarily cost but people fear the anesthesia that's necessary for it so you know we can't tell an animal to open up and say ah we can't uh, probe the uh, gingival margins for pockets we can't do a good oral examination uh, we certainly can't scale and polish uh, with them awake so yeah they have to be they have to be under also if they need x-rays we do x-ray teeth just like we do with people um, you know the, you can't put the sensor in and you know aim the, the x-ray beam and tell them to sit still it's just, it's just impossible good dental care is impossible without anesthesia but the anesthesia is very safe it's ever so brief we do our diligence with pre-anesthetic blood work we listen to the heart listen to the lungs we mitigate risk with all of the monitoring equipment my patients get an EKG pulse oximeter CO2 monitor blood pressure monitor temperature monitor like we're getting all of this data in real time with this device called the surgery vet I can look and see the pulse wave of the heart at any moment during that dental we take we mitigate as much risk as we possibly can but I would ask you all this, if, if you're still, you know, fearful of anesthesia, you know, when, at, when this episode is all said and done, do you, do, do you not go for your routine uh, colonoscopy, you know, that, that we're recommended to get uh, after, I, I believe the age is now 45, it used to be 50, but I believe at 45, because the cancers are getting younger with uh, colon cancer, they're recommending a, a, a colonoscopy once every five years. So are you going to ignore that because you're scared of the anesthesia you need to do it? I, be, I believe they infuse propofol, IV. Like, are you scared of the anesthesia? So you're just going to ignore your colon and predispose yourself to a very preventable cancer? Um, you know, the same applies to the mouth. If you fear the anesthesia, well, guess what? The consequences of not doing the dental are far, far more risky than the anesthesia for the dental. And so in, uh, in honor of <laughs> Animal Dental Health Week or month coming up in February, I'm gonna ask your assistants to please instill in everyone you know that has a dog, has a cat, the importance of dental health. Please encourage them to not fear the anesthesia, fear the consequences of not doing dentistry on the pets more, far more, infinitesimally more than the anesthesia, and also understand the humanity of ignoring the teeth as well. So yeah, you're, you're, you're going to shorten their life, you're going to predispose them to the disease, but they're also going to live in a great deal of pain. And so by not engaging in regular dental care because you might fear the anesthesia, because you don't put an importance on it, you know, it's not that you don't love your pet. But it's like this con it's, it's sort of like this this weird like um, catch 22 where like okay I love my pet I love him so much I don't want to predispose him to the danger of the anesthesia um, that's required for the dental so I'm not going to do the dental well you're basically kind of loving the pet to death in that manner you know it's like when you overfeed your pet because it's the misguided love and you're making them obese um, you're shortening their lifespan by doing that. You're making their joints arthritic sooner, but you love them so you feed them more and you let them be fat. It's kind of the same type of thing. 
Um, that's another compliance issue, boy, obesity, but that's a whole other rabbit hole I'm not going down today. But um, yeah, engage in the dentistry. Don't fear the anesthesia. And I'm going to leave you with this. We have, and this applies to both dogs and cats, when you take the average dog, uh, kitty or dog that engages in regular dental cleanings at least once every three years, all right, so that's your minimum. It's got to be once at, at least once every three years versus ones that receive no dental attention at all, no professional cleanings. The average life expectancy is two and a half to three years longer in the ones that get regular dental care. And that's just at least once every three years. You got these little Yorkshire Terriers, some of these, you know, some of these dachshunds, chihuahuas that are basically born with periodontal disease. These little guys, some of them are just, they're genetically, their teeth are a mess. I had a Yorkie uh, that uh, my ex-wife's uh, Yorkie brought into the marriage and uh, he was seven years old and had not had, had not had regular dental care. Well, right out of the gate, I did a dental on him. Uh, we met when I was in my senior year of vet school. So I graduated, got my first job. My, one of my first orders of business was clean that poor dog's teeth. And uh, he's a little, little seven pound teacup Yorkie. And um, right out of the gate, I pulled eight teeth on that dog because he was so decayed. Well, within two, within two months, his name was Bear. Bear's breath stunk already. I would have liked to do a dental every month on him, but you know, I, I don't advocate for doing it more than once a year. But by the time that one year anniversary of the dentistry came along, he was ready, he, he would have to lose four or five more teeth. And so by the time he was 11 years old, he had no teeth left and he was better off. <laughs> he lived to 17 years old, didn't need a dental ever again. He even ate his kibble. I tried to put him on a soft food diet, he didn't like it. So he just, he kept, he gummed his kibble and he did just fine with it uh, and, and he didn't care. So, 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 you know, I'm saying at least once every three years, some need it every year. Um, some don't, you know, some have a greater resistance to periodontal development of periodontal disease, but basically on that yearly visit, I'm assessing the teeth and I'm going to make my recommendation or I won't make a recommendation. If the dog has good looking teeth or the cat has good looking teeth, I'm like, ah, well, okay, we'll try again next year and see where we're at. So that's at least once every three years, two and a half years to three years longer life expectancy. Please share that information with anyone you know who has a pet. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, very, very, very great to start the year with, oh, once again, finally some sunshine with a new young veterinarian in the practice. Practice is growing. That's going to give me more time to podcast because I have help now. Hopefully I'll be talking to you more this year. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in and please keep those emails coming.